0: Uh, Alright guys, welcome back to the episode 5 of the Good Times Podcast. My name
1: is Quentin James Knuth and alongside me is my co-host, William John Sokey. Longtime listeners of the Good Times Podcast know the drill. The Good Times Podcast is fueled by mountain Holler, so make sure to go to your local Save a Lot food store and buy some.
0: Alright, um, it has been a while since the last episode of the Good Times Podcast and it has been a busy time. My time has been, been spent full of good times. I recently went up north with my family, hung out with my brother and his friends for my dad's birthday. We had a nice little time hanging out,
1: celebrating my dad's birthday, listening to music, sitting around a fire. Um, what have you been up to, Will? Yeah, so uh, I haven't gone up north per se, but my family's gone camping. Uh, stopped in a couple little small towns, to plug our last episode. Got uh, ice cream from a little cheese factory in Gibbsville in Sheboygan County. Uh, I toured the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, met up with a couple uh, old friends there, um, and uh, had a beautiful hotel, beautiful tour, uh, amazing city. Uh, And then I also went to the uh, ARCA Midwest Tour Dixieland 250 race at uh, Wisconsin International Raceway in Kakana. Got to meet uh, and have an in-depth conversation for the first time with a legitimate NASCAR driver. So that was very fun, and that also may lead to good things on the long-form journalism side of my hobbies. Uh, and also, it was, it was an incredible race. So that was a really good time. But another common good time uh, in summer is bonfires. And so the first main facet of bonfires, at least for me, because I'm a guy that loves his food, is s'mores. And to everybody, there is a right way and a wrong way to do a s'more. Quentin. What's the right way for you to do a s'more?
0: Personally, the right way for me to do a s'more, I'm very specific. So to start off, you have to have a good s'more fire by the time you're making s'mores. So it's often, later in the night is when the best time to make s'mores. Once the, fire, the flames are dying down, because you want to be able to get at those hot red coals without actually having the flames in the way. Because I do not like a burnt marshmallow. If it is black at all, I do not want it. My, my perfect marshmallow will is golden brown on the outside it should be, and I normally tell this by putting it next to the coals, and as soon as it starts smoking, there's a, there's a faint trail of smoke that runs off the marshmallow. That is where that's how you know when the marshmallow is still getting glowing brown, so that is your cue to start turning it. And then when I am done with my marshmallow, you should, I, the, how I tell if it's good is you should be able to peel off the top of the marshmallow and drink the insides. You should be able to have just a nice little marshmallow cup. After you peel off the top, you should be able to drink the insides like a shot glass. Um, you, you want exactly... Three chocolate Hershey's chocolate squares on there, on your two graham crackers. Smack, smack Put it on the bottom one, smack that one in between, pull it off the stick.
1: That is a good s'more to me. So are you a just flip it once guy, or do you do like quarter turns? Quarter turns, of course. Quarter turns. So, I mean, I'm a little bit different. I really don't care what the color of it is, as long as it fits my specifications, uh, which is merely... Um, A crispy layer on the outside, not necessarily so that you can peel it off, but enough to get a nice good crunch, and then just goo on the inside. Um, Literally, the inside should be like you're eating out of the jar of marshmallow cream. Yes. That's how I do it. And I really, the fire, uh, sometimes I actually like mine over the top of the entire fire, uh, so that way you get more of that slow cook effect where the outside gets crispy, but then the inside has a lot of time to uh, get warm and mushy, and just the way I like it. Uh, but when you're not eating s'mores, potentially earlier in the night, when you can still see. Popular game I like to play is beanbag toss. Um, actually, William Sokey, it is not called beanbag toss around here. It is
0: called cornhole. There is large debates over that, but personally, it is in my family, it is called cornhole. It is specifically called cornhole because the beanbags were originally
1: filled with corn, and there's a hole in the board. Therefore, cornhole. That's uh, incredible. Uh, do you have any any other guidance for players of the game besides that?
0: Um, well, cornhole typically there's many variations on your rules here, but typically you are gonna um, you. It's three points from the hole. Some play, people may play where you if you get a bag that is over the hole but did not fall in. It's two points. However, I do not play that way. I play as one point on the board, three points in the hole. There is no dirty bags, so no skipping the bags onto the board. And um, we actually play a rule where you, if you go over 21, you will go back to 11 is how we play, which we are quite extreme on that rule. Many people only go back to 15 or 13, but um, we like to go back to 11, so it makes the game interesting.
1: Yeah, evidently I'm not at your level on this because uh, in my family it's... It's a lot more acceptable for dirty bags, basically. Our only rule is that, you know, you have to lift the bottom of the board up and then if the if the bag sticks it's good, you know, no matter if it's skipped or not. Because credit to you if you can have the skill to skip it on the board. Uh, and then yeah, cancel scoring. I mean we only go back to fifteen. We don't you know, we actually want our games to end in a timely fashion so that we can go eat our s'mores. But anyways. Everybody comes to the bonfire for the actual fire. Everybody knows that. So, but there are different types of fires that you can have. And so, Quentin, if I'm correct, you have a, a stand-up pit, uh, like, a, like a Coleman maybe at your house? I do have a stand-up pit. Ours is actually, it's
0: an interesting design for a fire pit. It's got a nice little grater on the outside, but it's actually got a chimney stack on the top. So it is, uh, it's an interesting setup. The chimney stack on top does not really work. It's more just for aesthetics, because smoke will still come at you no matter where you sit. Because as always, as you're sitting around a fire, smoke always ends up right in your face, and it will follow you. it's there's many like I know my family used to tell me that if you say I hate white rabbits, the smoke will leave you, but nothing really works, as you know. <laughs> but um, the the um perks of having a stand up pit rather than an in ground pit is you can easily. Maneuver it, you can move it around, you know, like we've had our fire pit in at least three different spots this year throughout our yard Where we just fell like it and like a tree fell down So we decided to move it to a different spot. they get more open space Um, But so that's quite nice my one downside for the stand-up fire pits is you are not really able to get a large fire in them They're often quite small and the grate, uh, in my opinion often gets in the way Although it does protect you from flyaways and sparks and such, but it's
1: gets in the way of the fire viewing I feel Mm-hmm. So, uh, I actually have an in-ground pit at my house, and I love it dearly, um, mainly because you can just maneuver the fire so easily on it. I can just take the big iron stick and move the logs wherever I want the logs to go. You want to break the fire down to make s'mores? No problem. Let me just you know make it happen for you. You know, you want to torch last year's Christmas tree in the middle of summer? No problem. Everybody just back up a couple feet. You know, there's so much variability and maneuverability and, you know, really no matter where you sit around the fire, you can still get a good view of the fire because there's nothing obstructing it like, uh, you know, great handles or anything like that. So that's why... I love my in-ground pit. I mean, I love bonfires anyways. I respect stand-up pits, and, you know, if you don't have an in-ground pit, you know, stand-up pits are great nonetheless.
0: Um, one, more, one drawback of an in-ground pit, though, is the digging it out, whereas a portable pit often have mechanisms to clean it where the bottom comes out and you can just dump the ashes out. With uh, an in-ground pit, you will have to dig out the ashes at some point. Um, But uh, So here we are going to move on to the end of our episode. As always, if you would like to be a guest on the Good Times Podcast, please email us at thegoodtimespod at gmail.com,
1: and our vetting team will take a look at your submission. So currently you can find the Good Times Podcast on SoundCloud, Podbean, and iTunes. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, please make sure to give us a rating. Five-star reviews are the most uh encouraged by the team here at the podcast. Uh, make sure to also write us a written review. It helps more people uh, hear about the good times. And if you listen to us on SoundCloud, make sure to like and repost the track so that all of your followers can see what a great time you are having. But we are also looking to expand. You know, what do you, the fans, want to hear us on? I know that there are tons of podcasting platforms out there, uh, and so we want to hear from you guys what podcast you want to see, drop it in your Apple podcast review. If you listen to us on Apple podcasts, email us, the at gmail at gmail.com. Uh, get in touch with either Quentin or I just on our own and we'll make sure to make it happen for you. So that about wraps up episode five of the good times podcast for Quentin James Knuth. I am William John Sokey signing off until the next one.